if you have to create your own meaning and significance and all these things, like, when do you know that you've done that? Um, how could you ever know that you're big enough to matter? Um, you, you really can't. And there's a huge amount of pressure in the world right now that you have to create yourself and nobody can do that for you. You just have to do it yourself. And there's no guidance. You just have to do it however you want to do it. And it's a massive amount of pressure on people, I think, our age and younger, particularly, um, that they're told they have to define themselves by their dreams. And, and yet, actually, when we see what, who God is, how he loves us, and what he made us for, there's a huge amount of freedom in, in being able to live in that security and that purpose, that our meaning and uh, significance is already there. Grace and peace to you. A very, very warm welcome to the Four Corners podcast from UFM Worldwide. Uh, God willing, this will be the first of many uh, if we if we can find more victims or uh, mean volunteers uh, to come on the podcast. My name is Matthew. I have the great privilege uh, to serve as Commons Manager here at UFM Worldwide. And uh, and today I'm joined by the extraordinary, or should I say extraordinary, uh, that, that'll make sense later, uh, Seth Lewis to talk about his new book, Dream Small. The Secret Power of the Ordinary Christian Life. Hello, Seth. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Great, great to have you. Now, before I ask Seth to introduce himself properly, I'm actually going to give you a sense of who Seth is by, by reading a few paragraphs from his book. So here we go. I am nobody, at least nobody you've ever heard of, which means almost the same thing these days. But I've probably never heard of you either. So we have something in common. And it really is quite common, isn't it? The extraordinary people in this world stand out from the rest of us because of the extra, not because of the ordinary. The ordinary is just what everybody has, and boy, have I got it. I've got no fabulous wealth or outstanding achievements attached to my name, but I've got so much ordinary you could still call me extraordinary. Not because I have something extra beyond ordinary, just because I've got so much ordinary. I have scientific proof. I took a workplace assessment once to determine my strengths and weaknesses and find better ways to integrate them with the strengths and weaknesses of my teammates. When the results came back, there was one thing that stood out about my strengths, and that was that nothing stood out. There were a number of areas which I scored well enough, but nothing I was particularly good at. Though I know myself, there are definitely things I'm particularly bad at. The assessor hastened to reassure me that this can be an advantage. I am a good all-rounder, Passably good at a lot of things, even if I'm not excellent at anything. That's fine, and I see his point. But in that case, I'd at least like to be an excellent all-rounder, like the best all-rounder around, you know, if I can. Well, way to go to sell yourself, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that part of the book. I, as I said, uh, just before we sort of started recording, I was, I, I read the book in the, um, in the garage, waiting for the car to be serviced. And I got to that paragraph, I just laughed out loud. I, th I thought that was fantastic. So you, you took this work workplace assessment recently? Was it, was it a recent thing? No, it was, it was some years ago, but it, it really did stick with me. <laughs> it, was, it was fairly surprising when he said, look, um, you're not really particularly good at anything. You're kind of going, oh, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How encouraging. 
So please do, Seth, take some time just to introduce yourself. Obviously, we know each other from from UFM Worldwide, but some of the listeners uh, to this podcast might not be familiar with you or or with UFM Worldwide. So tell a a little bit about yourself, your family and and where you're currently serving. Yeah, so um, my name is Seth Lewis. Um, I'm married to Jessica and we have three children, Um, two in secondary school, one in primary school. Uh, We are working on the south coast of the Republic of Ireland. So uh, just outside of Cork, with a network of churches here uh, that are working to plant new churches. We're involved with a little Bible college and some youth camps and things. So um, I'd say, you know, very ordinary kind of ministry work. And uh, we we do lots of different kinds of things. Uh, we love it. We love being here. We've been in uh, in this area for the last 13 years. And... Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of what we do is is fairly small scale, and um, I suppose just very kind of common and ordinary, but uh, but very important. Absolutely, and you, um, I think when we first met, we were you were in your review for, for UFM Worldwide, and uh, I, I was supposed to. <laughs> my role was to come in and to uh, to have that 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 breakout room period where where the uh, the interviewees uh, the, the the review panel were discussing. Um, your review and uh, I suppose to sort of calm you down I think we ended up going going on about comms which probably didn't calm you but it was quite clear from from that conversation that you um, you're certainly fine in the comms department but you're also a very uh, keen writer so you've obviously written this book that we'll come on to in a second um, but you write a lot of poetry you have your blog how do you find that helps with your ministry do you, do you reach a lot of people that way yeah well what we found was um well, we're always looking for just ways to connect with people. And um, so I started the blog as a way to, just a, another way to connect with the people around us. Um, you know, you have all these connections, these friends and um, followers and stuff online, people that you kind of know, but maybe don't see all the time. People from other areas where, um maybe you used to see them regularly, but now you don't anymore. Um, so I wanted to try to have more conversations uh, with them about things that are significant. And um, I decided to try the blog as a way of, um, you know, one more one more tool to try to, to do that. I think it has done that. Uh, I've been able to have some good conversations with people as a result of it. Um, it's usually something about um, my faith and, and about the Lord. Um, sometimes it's just random observations about life or um, other things like that. But uh, I think it's it's a great, what we found is it's a great way to, another way to connect with people and maybe raise issues that um, maybe wouldn't come up otherwise. I, as I said earlier to you, so just before we came on, I, I, I found the book very personable and, and, and relatable and it's sometimes to sort of strip away those areas of complexity and and, and and sort of quite deep theological discussion and actually look at life in its sort of basic visual way um that, that you have done one of the one of the sort of the visual elements within the book um which actually really struck me and i thought was really helpful um was you used some sort of fictitious charts I, I think you based it on um, it was another book that your grandfather had with about statistics, wasn't it? Yeah. And how we look at statistics and how the contents context of statistics really 
change the way in in which we view it and and these these charts sort of took well i'd probably better if let you explain it but, but tell me about how um we compare ourselves to others within our own context and then when we look at that in a wider context and and god's context that looks completely different yeah the book is called dream small and um, one of the big ideas is that the things that the world tells us are big um like going like living your life to for for big what the world says is big things like money and power and success and influence and all this stuff um it's my point in in those graphs and in in the book is that these things are just not as significant as we're told that they are and with the graphs and things i was trying to show that actually um you can you can compare how you uh, view things and the, the context of how you view things is really important. And what a lot of times what we do is we kind of narrow down the context to just compare ourselves with each other. Um, and then we can kind of use the information we have to try to make ourselves look a little bit better than the next guy, uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit more significant. When in reality, if you zoom out and take in all the data, um, we're all really, really small. We're all really, really tiny. Um, and that could destroy any sense of purpose or significance um, if we don't have God in the picture. We could just think, well, what is the point? Because everything we do is so small and so tiny that no dream I have could be, ever be big enough to actually be significant. Um, but actually, when you look at it biblically, what you see is that, yes, we are small. The Bible doesn't pretend otherwise. It says even the nations are a drop in the bucket. And yet we are extremely valuable to God. Um, he values us. He loves us. And he has put us here for a purpose. So we don't have to create our own significance. We can actually accept that God has made us for a reason. And we can, we can then aim our ambitions, not at making ourselves big, but at actually finding out what God's dreams for us are. That brings me on nicely to my next point. Another big revelation for me was, um, as I was reading your book and and I was sat in this this garage with all these flashy cars and people coming in and 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 looking at these you know these new cars and perhaps sort of making their next big purchase and and sort of I, I was very clear and, and and you talk about this is I was trying still very hard to be the author of my own story you know so if I have this car it will enable me to have these sorts of conversations with people who aren't Christians you know who who, who sort of view me in a certain way and and you know my father-in-law is very very much into to cars and it's often a conversation point with us but actually it, it was became more increasingly clear that I was trying to be the author of my own story and and you say this in the book there's a much much more important far bigger story which is god's story and we have a character role within this and and that character role is far greater than any role we could have in our own story yeah yeah that's right so uh the world says to us that we need to work hard and do something big so that we can it's kind of like justifying our existence um that if i can just be big enough then maybe i can prove that my life has meaning and worth um but god says that is built in um, and that he has made us for a reason. Uh, and that reason is not to impress everyone with how great we are. It's not wrong to have a nice car. It's not wrong to have um, the big things that the world loves, but those things are not the most important things. Uh, and actually 
what God values and what God um, made us for is not to make ourselves as impressive as possible. Uh, it's to love him and love others. Well, one one great contrast, actually, in the book, um, and, and, and just to follow on from what you said then, is, it, you know, you, it's not wrong to have these things and, and it's certainly not wrong to, to be gifted with these things and, and the, the roles that God puts us in. And you, um, without giving too much of the book away, you, you dedicate two chapters, one to your grandfather and one to your, your great-grandfather, which is two very interesting comparisons. And they had very, very two, as the world would see, very two different roles um, within life, one one was um, working within a YMCA building. Is that correct? In yeah. in was it Chicago? Yes, yeah, in Chicago. Which is yeah, and and then the other one was 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 very very high up in Sears, um, with a very powerful position, which is uh, very well paid, but but lived a very modest life. But but both of them were aiming for the same goal to serve God in their own individual ways. And and as you said, then it, it I think it's very key that we can have these things, but. The ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose that we're aiming for should be Christ-centric. Yes. Yeah. So the point is not actually uh, going up the ladder of success as the world sees it. Uh, The point is to love God and love others. And if you look at the shape of the Christian life, it is not the shape of um, what we're told to live for by the world. The world says you've got to climb, you've got to go up, you've got to do... um, the best you can for yourself, make yourself as big as possible. Um, And actually what we see is that, you know, like in Philippians 2, we see the example of of Jesus who did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, but humbled himself and served. Um, He had the superlative of everything. You know, he had money, power, (laughs) everything he's got. far beyond what anything that we could ever achieve. And yet, how did he use those things? He used them to serve the low and the small. Um, and he tells us to do that as well. So it's not the point is not how high we are on the ladder of success. Um, the point is that wherever we are on the ladder of success, we are aiming our ambitions at the things that are truly valuable. And Jesus talks about on Judgment Day, he's going to be looking at um, how we treated the the least of these. Um, so it's our quiet relationship with God. It's our service for the people that God loves, whether they're big or small or anything. Um, and and these are the things that really really matter. Not how high we are on the ladder of success. We could be high. We could be low. That's not the point. When you wrote the book, did you have an age demographic in mind or, or, or a particular audience? Or, you know, did you write it generally for everyone? I, I mean, it didn't get that. It didn't feel that way when I read it. But personally, as a millennial, you know, that, that there's this increased um, uh, advertising towards towards things, towards objects, towards in many in many things. You know, many, many people my age idolatrize um, objects. You know, did, did you have that in mind when you were writing the book? I would say I was mostly thinking about like people who are kind of in university or just coming out and just trying to figure out what is this life for and what am I supposed to be living for? And just trying to to show that there are better things to live for than the things that the world says are big. Um, and there are better priorities to live with. Uh, I, I mean, these things are true for everyone and wherever we are. So I don't want it to be exclusive to that. I would say um, in my own mind, as I as I think about it and wrote it, 
that was probably the the first group that I was thinking of. Um, but it's just as true for everyone. And it was a nice entry as well for for the gospel that you that you brought into it. And and certainly I I can imagine the book reaching uh, a lot of non-believers. A lot of my you know I I didn't come from particularly Christian family that sort of brought up, but I heard I never really listened and went off the rails a little bit when I was younger and, and, and still have some of those friendship groups, but I can really see the book sort of fitting within their lives. You know, they're still chasing on these, uh, these, these worldly desires. And did you feel, do you use this and perhaps in your ministry as a way of, of, of sort of delivering um, the gospel uh, is to, to sort of bring in these, 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 these worldly opinions and, and sort of see how Jesus fits in. Yeah, well, I mean, I want it to be understandable and accessible. I want it to be something that people who don't know the Lord would um, be able to understand and see the gospel. Maybe in a, maybe they haven't heard it before, or maybe they have never really understood it, uh, or they need to see it in a, through a different light. Uh, I wanted to do that, absolutely. And I was definitely thinking of, um, of that as I wrote it. And uh, obviously, it is mainly targeted to Christians, but I do want it to be accessible and I would love for people that don't know the Lord to read it um, and to see. I, I, I do think that people understand somewhere deep inside that, you know, these things are not enough. The money, the power, the influence. Um, it's, you know, you sometimes you get those messages that, um, there are more important things, but that's never really explained or drawn out too much. And, and people don't really know how to, how to do that. But as Christians, we have the explanation for why actually small, ordinary things really are the most important. Um, and people kind of feel that we're made in the image of God. These things are true, but they don't know where that, what the foundation of that is and we have that in the gospel the, the verse that comes to mind is um john 8 isn't it 31 um if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free it yeah. almost feels that we sort of need to set people free from from the system um yeah. with 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 the gospel and with um, oh it, and it is a huge freedom because um there's such a pressure if you have to create your own meaning and significance and all these things like when do you know that you've done that? Um, how could you ever know that you're big enough to matter? Um, you, you really can't. And there's a huge amount of pressure in the world right now that you have to create yourself and nobody can do that for you. You just have to do it yourself. And there's no guidance. You just have to do it however you want to do it. And it's a massive amount of pressure on people, I think, our age and younger, particularly, um, that they're told they have to define themselves by their dreams. And, and yet, actually, when we see what, who God is, how he loves us, and what he made us for, there's a huge amount of freedom in, in being able to live in that security and that purpose, that our meaning and uh, significance is already there. And we just need to um, live in it. Absolutely, absolutely. So please do go and uh, and look at the book. It's on the Good Book Company. I think it's probably also on uh, is it Eden as well, uh, Seth, and probably yeah. most Christian bookshops and um, and probably Amazon as well <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For, for those with Prime. Um, Seth, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. 
And uh, your book, the book comes out, is it tomorrow? I think it is. We're, we're recording on the 30th. So it's officially out tomorrow. It's, it's officially out on the 1st. So actually Thursday is the, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> have you got sort of, uh, th- sort of book related um, things planned, sort of um, locally signings and things like that? Or is it sort of a, um, um, no, nothing on, nothing on Thursday. Um, I'll celebrate myself, but yeah, I'll be doing a, a lecture for the Bible college here, Munster Bible college on the 25th of September. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll certainly pray for that. Is there anything else that we can pray for you and the family, uh, Seth? Well, I mean, honestly, like my kids are starting school back this, this week and my, um, my middle boys is this is his first year in secondary so you know that's um that's a big adjustment it seems to be going well so far but um and then just as the as the school year starts up so do many ministry things and for our churches as well um which is like churches most places um so yeah i mean we just want to love god and love people well I invite you all to, to to pray for Seth and his family and to to pray for this book in particular that that it may reach um as as Seth and I have talked about non-believers and and help them find Christ. Um that would be amazing. Amen. Seth, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um and uh, please pass uh, my love on to your family and uh, hope to uh, to see you soon. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Four Corners podcast brought to you by UFM Worldwide. Please subscribe for more podcasts like this and to support our mission family in prayer. Don't forget to like and share this podcast with friends and family. For more information about cross-cultural mission, visit our website, ufm.org.uk. UFM Worldwide, here to support churches in making disciples of all nations.